Welcome to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app for both iOS and Android devices by searching for The Church at Bushland. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know by emailing us at media at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. Well, amen, church. If you could be seated real quick. What a great crowd. We are so excited that you're here today with us at the Church at Bushland. We're going to do something a little bit different today, but we think it's important just as a staff and as ministers. Uh, we, we know that this platform is, is a valuable place, and it's to be able to speak God's word and to speak God's truth and sing about who he is to you. But we also know where you guys sit as church people, um, as being involved in the community and uh, doing what you're doing on a weekly basis is just as important, if not more, being the body of Christ. Amen, church? And so we are so fortunate to have what we have here at the Church of Bushland and the body of Christ that we have here and just the growth that we've seen and some of you individually. And so we love to take opportunities for people to be able to testify about that growth and things that are happening in their life. Uh, and as we enter into Advent season, um, love, peace, joy, hope, those words are centered around Christ. Um, and those are words in this Advent season that are crucial. And so we wanted to have a focal point on all four of those words in the next three weeks. Um, you're gonna hear different things on those words, sermons, you're gonna hear testimonies. And so uh, as one of our friends here, one of our deacons comes um, and testifies, he's gonna answer this question today for himself of what has God's love meant to him? And I know this is a little bit different, but we think it's crucial that you not only hear just from us as, as the staff, but we also think it's crucial that you hear from somebody that's sitting amongst you, that's doing life with you. Um, and so some of you may know him personally, um, but we're just feel very fortunate that he's gonna open his heart to you today and talk about what God's love has meant to him uh, in the midst of this. And then we'll continue with worship as he finishes. Uh, and so give it up for Brent Chapman. His Woo! sweet wife is here too, so. Um, Good morning, church. Jeff and uh, Cade, Tommy, Pax, just like I said at the first service, thank you. Humbled to be here. Um, it's fitting that my testimony starts with the day I'm up here getting to be with these beautiful folks, talented. I'm just trying to keep up, I promise you. Um, when I was seven years old, um, I was put on stage with a bass guitar in my hand. Not in a church, in a bar. Um, it would be like a song a night, whatever. Went to two songs. I signed autographs as a seven, eight, nine, ten year old. Right? Giant. Ten years old, I, uh, instead of a song or two a night, it became a full time member. They put a six string guitar in my hand. A lot more power with the six string, right? Amen, brother. Amen, brother. Uh, Fifteen years old. I'm just still thinking about you. Yeah. <laughs> Seven. So, fifteen years old. I decided it's time to be a teenager. But what I had saw as a seven, ten, and fifteen year old 
no kid should ever see. That lifestyle that you see, the uh, people I had in my life at that time, they were, uh, let's just say, <clears throat> married Monday through Friday and tipped their toe on Friday night and Saturday night, okay? And as a 15-year-old, that's a uh, man you look up to. That's not what you're supposed to see. As a 15-year-old, I was a full-fledged addict to that lifestyle. I'd done it all. I grew up with a eight-ounce Kurz Light, Kurz Original, many times in my hand, seven, eight, ten years old, Thompson Park. Um, it's normal. Fifteen, there wasn't much I hadn't done. Twenty years old, um, I was headed down to Lubbock to watch my sister play basketball. And uh, after her game, God put a lot of grace in my life. She's sitting over here. I can't look at her because I'll start crying. But I love her. Um, she had on an orange Caprock basketball uniform and green shoes. <laughs> and I'm like, if she's brave enough to wear that, because I'm a dude that if you all go right, I'm going left. A lot of correction in that kind of action. A lot of correction can come from it, but plus she is a bully. She's on the basketball court. She scratched, claw, ran, you know, all that good stuff. <laughs> and we had a lot in common, right? So, man, I, just to let you know, I am man. I'm still figuring things out. I waited to ask her out on February 15th, not the 14th, right? Too, too much thought goes into that date, right? Fast forward to December 5th, 1992, we get married. Today's December 5th, right? Wow. 29 years Happy today. And now I can look at you. I love you. I love you. So... But little did she know after we got married, my altar didn't have God, Jesus, church, family. It had one word, R-A-C-I-N-G, racing. And I was an addict. I got friends in here that I shared a pit with and track, and uh, I'd spend whatever it took for a tenth of a second because my pride was going through either my uncle's car or my youngest, my oldest son's car, right? Um, from that time up until 2009, I, um, I had that racing. It would be a Friday night, I would leave. Missouri, Kansas, wherever, Oklahoma. Show up Sunday just in time to go to work. And she put up with it. Um, that was a long time, 92 to 09. During that time, uh, my son had a pretty good wreck in Oklahoma. It uh, kind of changes your thoughts when you see him flipping in, don't in seven, eight, ten times, and he's 15. Uh, as well, during that time, he was about 6'1", 205, and about seven, eight months later, he was 6'3", 270. He was on a football team out here that went to state. I see one of his brothers back there. Didn't lose a game till they got to that last game. 
And uh, when, you, when you're around great players like he was, people started noticing him. And so quickly, <clears throat> racing got thrown off of that altar for the altar of youth sports. That altar was, uh, it's really worse than the racing because it involves your kids and my pride over things I didn't accomplish. I'm just being truthful, man. Um, so we go from, that's 2009, go to 2012, May, June. I've got three boys now. Brennan's 19, Colin Brady are 11 and 9. And I don't know if it was faculty from here. I don't know if it was staff over here at the middle school and the elementary. If it was teachers, probably a culmination of all of the above, right? But somebody stirred Colin Brady. I coached starting in 1990 all the way to 2018. God knew how I loved to show young men how to do things they shouldn't have done as a fourth, fifth, first grader, to be senior. But this time he was using my kids. So that summer, um, I'd thrown a lot of water on my two youngest boys' fire. August 2012, if you know my middle son, you know he's just like me, a whole lot of heart. Don't mind getting dirty. Um, after me throwing some water on him, you know, church, you know, God, I got, my vision of God was Uncle Sam, the way I was raised. He was, I want you with a scowl. Our father ain't that way. He doesn't have a scowl. Tommy Spencer taught me his kindness knows no bounds, right? Cole, being a really a lot like me, <clears throat> 11 years old, I pick him up, Home Depot, Sansi and I-40. Off the bus, he comes in, we're talking about his day. After me quenching him, like I said a few times, I was, he says, Dad, checked a book out at the library today. Two words on that book. Holy Bible. It's really the first time God took my heart and hugged it. But again, I threw some water on it. Two days later, Brady, you know Brady, he's the comedian in the family. He can say, I can be mad as a snake. He could say something. Just make me bust out laughing. Brady sets up in bed. I'm tucking him in. He says, Dad, when are we going to church? I'm like, you know, bah, 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 throw some water on him. He says, Dad, I'm serious. Why don't we go to, let's go to Bushland. We'll know everybody there. So that was in August. Between August and October, they had talked to their mother, I know. She had tried to intercede a couple of times. Second time, I got aggravated. I'm like, I'm, I'm done. Quit mentioning it. I'm not going. You know, 
on October 21st, 2012. After about three months of really in the back of my mind, God's just stirring, he's pushing. This was my rubber meet the road with him, I feel like. He's like, it's in or out. I walk into the living room on a Sunday morning after I slept in, 9, 10, 11 o'clock, whatever it was, and there on the couch sits Fonda, Cole, and Brady watching church on TV. As I said in the first service, I went to get a drink. I went back to the bedroom and I had my Melissa in the bathroom moment. If you don't know that story, pretty much laying in a pool of tears, prone on the floor. I said, God, I give. I quit. You win. I'm not running. Because I couldn't. I couldn't bear it no more. B-A-R-E. Um... October 28th, 2012. I walked through them doors right there. Make it about 20 foot inside the room. I got to say it again. Sorry, brother. This, this dude hits me up about 20 foot right there, about the fifth row, dressed in clothes designed by Natalie. And I recognize, you said you're Brennan's dad. I'm like, yeah. I am. I recognized him. He'd been a part of the team. So we talked. You know, my claws are out, man. I'm ready to roll. This pastor approaching me. He's 20 foot in this room. What's he think he's doing? (laughs) But he says something after about a minute or two of verbal exchange. He looks me dead in the eyes. He says, I'm glad you're here. Okay, I go sit down. I got my black leather jacket on, man. I'm hard, yeah. Yeah. Amen, Amen, brother. And so, lights go down. Music comes up. Granted, I'm looking for any excuse, right? And then all of a sudden, this is what I've seen. Music started and John Bon Jovi started singing. I'm like, who is this fruitcake with the mic in his hand? I didn't come to hear no concert. I love you, man. I love you. You got to know for, for what I'm saying, that seven-year-old kid, that 15-year-old kid, to be able to be up here with this talented, lovely group of people playing for him, that's redemption. That's healing. Okay, that's healing. So I get through judging Paxton Bon Jovi. And uh, then as I, the angel that's behind this piano back here, the, as I called her, the Borger Beauty Queen. Amen, bro. Amen, yeah. She, she started singing just like she's playing. And it took me back to that kid that had two grandmothers that played piano. And I sat in the floor for hours and listened. Then the GQ pastor gets up here and starts talking. Five minutes into his sermon, 
I'm looking around for the fluorescent arrow blinking above my head, pointing right at me. I'm like, yeah, thankful. Thanks. For, I'm glad you're here. Mine, you know what, right? <laughs> you knew I was coming, pastor. His sermon that day was the importance of being a dad. And so I'm there in my black leather jacket, big tears. I'm just fighting, right? Next, the next Sunday was November 4th, 2012. And Lurch, as we call him, my oldest son, he joined us. So that day, November 4th, 2012, was the first day that my core five ever set foot in a church together. Wow. That's redemption, man. Wow. That's it. It was just... The 2nd of December, four of the five were baptized. All of us, except my youngest son. And he waited a couple of years till he was ready. And I gave him all the credit in the world for doing it on his accord, right? December 8th. I forgot. Did I? I did, I did. December 8th, we go for our 20th anniversary. Me and my sweetie there. Sanibel Island, Florida, right on the beach in the cabin. The last full day we were there, I'm out on the porch, send Jeff a text, a picture of a sunrise, because Melissa likes sunrises. The word and a cup of coffee, the door's open. And in there on that bed, I see her. She's asleep. And man, that's where I want you to listen. First time in my life, I heard the word Trinity. Prior to this, Trinity was slot car parts. I used to race slot cars, right? Back to the racing, right? He said, Brent, when you submit to me and allow me to lead, that frees her up to be that. No longer will she have to take your place when you accept your role she don't have to fill in the void and what she did at that moment she came right here and after 20 years of marriage we were 100% reinvented couple I looked at her in a way I never oh I just like, I know why the word woman came because I looked at her after that. I'm like, whoo, man. <laughs> so, but that Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and He said my name. Man, I encourage you. Speak it, live in it, accept. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and say your name. God was the sign and authority in the garden. Nobody took it. I've had a vision since because my brother, Bon Traeger, we, we, in our life group, we talked about this a few weeks back. <clears throat> what I saw was a crack opening as they left. Canyon Valley, whatever you want to call it. And then this big cross fell, just like a bridge. I come in them doors every day, broke, in need of fellowship. I'm an extrovert, so I hug. I gotta, I gotta be around people, man. 
When you come in this room, pastor gives an invitation. This has been laying on me since the last service. Thank you for the freedom, brother. When he opens this altar, you've got to know that it is not judgment. It's safety. If you're here with your heart, first thing we're doing is praying for them individuals for stepping out in faith. And if you're not, shame on you. You need to get here. It's true. So, it's upside down. It helps if I turn it right sideways. I mentioned youth sports all ago, right? And that altar that I'd created. Know this, that was post-salvation for Brent. When you're when your oldest son gets colleges interested in him and he's got teammates that are going, I was all in. Pick a college in this Midwest, he was there, right? I got stories about that too if you want to hear it, but this ain't the time. My middle son and my youngest son, they played baseball. Youngest one decided as a sophomore it wasn't his gig no more and I gave him all the credit in the world because he's kind of like me. He's got his own train he conducts. My middle one, he was born with a right arm. At 15 years old, he was plus 85 off the mound and around 95 with the bat. You know about baseball? You can have a kid that's batting 600 with 60,000 RBIs and some skinny kid show up. If he can throw that ball and he can swing that bat, that coach thinks he can save him. He can coach him up. Well, he's a lot like me. Things didn't work out. Next thing I want to tell you, parents, a mistake at 18, 16, 19 has no weight like a mistake at 28, 29. And it took me a long time and that Mr. Tommy Spencer speaking life over me says, you know what, Brent, sometimes you got to realize you got to give him to the Lord pray. I prayed. So my oldest son goes off to college, spends a year. He left 6'3", 270, come home 6'3", 300, and I did not recognize him. That 30 pounds made, we called him Lurch. He'd come, he'd come home the Hulk. And Vonda and I were struggling because he, he he wanted to stop playing. <clears throat> a friend of mine, David, called me, who is Brennan's, his son's Brennan's best friend. He said, he said, chap, I think you want to hear this. He said, I'm, me and Brennan reached out last night. We met, we talked. He said he loved the sport too much to not play it with his heart. At that time, God said, maybe he was playing it for you. I just don't want to disappoint you. But he said this too, and I thought it was a very mature thought. He said, Brandy said he wanted to be able to walk at 30 years old, and it just ain't worth it. At that time, God again grabbed my heart and hugged it. God knows you better than you know yourself, right? Because he starts here when he speaks, then it goes to here. 
And he's shown me that. My middle son, I told you, he was blessed with an arm, etc. We'd been in the World Series, Youth World Series. We'd been all over. I mean, it's, it's irrelevant. You get the point. <clears throat> he graduated in 2019. That summer, something, you know, we're, we're going through the summer. It's him and Brady think he, they can take me and mom on a basketball court. So we had to go show them that we could still do it. But at the end of that, we go to Toot and Totem to get a fountain drink. And this kid that had been through a bunch, made some choices, had all these schools interested in him, looked at me while I was at the fountain getting a drink. And he said, Dad, thanks for taking me to play basketball. And folks, I tell you at that time, there's another hug I'm going to tell you. So if that resonates with somebody, I just want to tell you it's the little things that matter. I was the one many times, not the 99. He never forgot me, ever. I saw things as a 10-year-old not fitting. When, you, when you're a kid and you, you don't, I didn't realize till 40 years old the damage. God took them cracks, them scars, wiped them away. So, just again, just don't forget the little things. The, the fishing, the take time out in the building cleaning together. It, it doesn't matter. Serve your king, lead your family, and watch what happens. Because I, I ain't got it figured out. You see me, see him through me. Because that's all it is. So, again, thank you. That's my time. Tommy, I appreciate it. And I love everybody. Father, thank you for your presence. You don't have to come, but you do. And we're grateful for it. And we pray it's in Christ's name. Amen, amen, amen. You may be seated, church. I want to tell Brent, thank you so much, man. What a, what a powerful testimony that is. What a powerful word that is. Man, great crowd this morning. Good to see each of you. As I said, I will not be here long, but I just want you to think about a couple things. When we talked about Christmas season, you know, sometimes Christmas can be real predictable because you, you have a certain number of songs. They just don't write new Christmas songs anymore. And so you just have a certain number of songs and certain number of passages. And we just wanted to do something that was a little bit different. And so in, 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 with the backdrop of the Advent and the four words that we're using, uh, we wanted to build testimonies around those because we believe that the church is the most powerful, powerful vessel in the world. God can change a nation with the church. And we are in desperate need of a change in our nation 
And I believe God is just waiting for the church to rise. He's just sitting there going, I have done all I can do. Will you please go and be what I've called you to be? Just go be what I've called you to be. And I believe this house right here is ready for that. It's a war, but I'm looking at warriors. This ain't no pansy church, never has been. Heading soft church. It's not a soft church. It's no a foot and y'all get here. I'm just telling you. It's a war, and I'm looking at warriors. And so we thought about Christmas and we thought about the season. You know, the four words of the Advent today is love. Mm. You can't walk with Christ without it. If you, if you met him, you understand his great love. For many of us, man, he, he loved us when we didn't even love ourselves. He chased us when we, <laughs> whoo, we're not, probably not worthy to be chased. And he never stopped, and he never stopped, and he never stopped, and he never stopped. And Brent was in a bar, and he chased him in the bar. My, my dad ran a long time. And in a jail cell with a pastor, not his pastor, because I couldn't call his pastor. He would judge him. I'm sorry, that was, <laughs> that's just honest, though. I called a pastor friend, said, I need you to go see my dad. And my dad told me later, he said, Jeff, I've heard Jesus' name a bunch because he grew up in the church. He was a deacon for 21 years, but he was lost. He's very religious, but he didn't have a relationship. And that pastor said, Donnie, do you know Jesus? Do you really know Jesus? Because he's chased you all the way to where you are right now because he loves you. And he said, Jeff, when he said Jesus, I've heard it a bunch, but I never heard it like that. And my dad said he got off that bed and got on his knees on that concrete floor and he prayed to receive Jesus. And he was born again at 48 years old. So I want you to say, I want to say to you, you can't outrun him. He'll chase you down, boy. <laughs> you fast, but you're not that fast. <laughs> and you're a big boy, but you ain't that big. He is crazy in love with you. You can't talk about Christmas and you can't talk about Christ without understanding his great love. And I pray you see that and have received that. We can't talk about Christmas without love. Linus in the classic movie, a Charlie Brown Christmas said, that's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. That's what Christmas is all about, amen? I want you to see it in Luke chapter, uh, chapter 2, verse 8. Luke chapter 2, verse 8, and there were shepherds living out in the field nearby. They would keep and watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, 
and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. <laughs> they should have been. Right? But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. Listen to this. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior, mm, say that, a Savior has been born to you, and he is Christ the Lord. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, Jesus, the Savior, that whosoever, whosoever, whether you're in a bar, whether you're in the school, whether you're working at Pantex, whether you're a nurse, whether you're a police officer, whether you're a teacher, whatever, whomever you are, if you would trust in him, believe in him, you would have everlasting life. Greater love has no one than this, than a friend that would lay his life down for you. Can I tell you something? He calls you friend. That, that evening in, in that jail cell, Jesus still thought my dad was worthy of a friendship. And what he did was bad. And he should have been right where he was. And he'll tell you that today. But Jesus, his friend, met him right there and changed his life. I was already in college, kind of felt ripped off because my dad days were kind of over, you know what I mean? He's not a bad granddad either. Love him with a different heart today, though. I want you to go to a passage. I want to read it over the church. I did this in the first service because we're talking about love. We're living in a world today. They're desperate for love, man. They don't know who to listen to. They don't know who's telling the truth. They don't know who to trust anymore. They don't know, they don't know anything. There's just hopelessness and emptiness, and people are getting harder by the day. And, and there's a world out there that is screaming, notice me, see me, tell me the truth. Just Say something that you're going to back with your feet. And I think there's a world out there set up by God for the church to love. We got to go in love, man. We got to go in love. And when we go in love, yes, we go in truth because truth is love. You can't separate the two. But when you go in love, go with truth. But when you deliver truth, don't leave love at home. You've got to love them with the truth. And I'm telling you, there's a world today that is absolutely waiting on the Jesus in John 1 that came and dwelt among us. When they meet that Jesus, it'll change your life forever, man. 1 John chapter 4. I'm going to begin in verse 7. I'm going to read all the way down to 21, but I want you to listen to the love, and I want the love mm, 
I want the love of Jesus that changed your life, when, however old you were when you met him, and that love changed your life. I want that love to be renewed, but I want that, that, that love to begin to just bubble, bubble to the top. And I want you, while you're out this holiday season, oh, it's crazy. And if you haven't been down Sancy, they are out. Oh, Lord Jesus, they are out. They've come out. Some don't drive 11 months out of the year, but they drive December. <laughs> Y'all met them yet? Woo! Lord, help. I don't know if there is enough candy canes. I'm, I'm like, here's the candy cane, dude. <laughs> Lord, help you. I mean, they're out. They're, gonna, they're out in the store. It's busy. It's crazy. But I don't want you out there as the church to be so busy, to get so distracted, you don't see what he has set up in front of you. Because in you, church, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let that redeemed of the Lord say so. Let me read 1 John 4 over you. I, I preach, and I won't read it if I don't stop and read it, all right? 1 John chapter 4, dear friends, mm, I love that. Let, let him say that to you, dear friends. Let us love one another. For love, it comes from God. And everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loves us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God's love in us, and it is his love is made complete in us. Verse 13, we know that we live in him and he in us because he has given us, he has given us of his spirit and we have seen and testify that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone, anyone, anyone will acknowledge that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in him and he in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in him lives in God and God in him. In this way, love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence and on the day of judgment because this, uh, in this world, we will be like him. Verse 18, there is no fear in love, but love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. And the one who fears is not made perfect in love. Verse 19, we love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother, he's a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God 
who he has not seen. And he has given us this command. Whoever loves God must also love his brother. Can I say something to you? I used to say love is a choice. (laughs) God said, no, Jeff, love is a command. (laughs) I might not feel like making that choice. But you know what? His command on my life has nothing to do with how I feel. I have to love you. I'm commanded to love you. I can choose whether I like you after I love you. Come on. But I am commanded to love you. I'm saying that's the truth, amen? I mean, we who have been loved so much by him, that he demonstrated his love for us. While we were yet sinners, he died for us. The savior of the world has been sent. This Christmas season, may love propel you. The love that saved you, that redeemed you, the love that hugs you from the inside like nobody else can hug you, man. May that love motivate you to go into this world desperately in need of a hug from Jesus, and may they get that from you. May they get that from the church. See, they think the church is gonna go out there and judge them. The enemy has set it up in such a way there's so many things we can do that with. Woo! We have got a litany of things we can judge them on. But that's what they want. That's what he set up. But if the church will go, and the love that we were saved by and that we give out that love without judgment, that will blow their mind. And while their mind's blown, God will penetrate their heart and change them just like that. How long's it been since God really captivated your heart? How long? How long has his awesomeness, the all of God, the love of God, the grace of God, the mercy of God, the goodness of God, (laughs) the righteousness of God, the faithfulness of God, how long has that, how long has it been since you've been overwhelmed by what he gave you? We're so rich, man, so rich. I pray as you're out and about, and by the way, it's 20 days to Christmas. That caused panic for some of you. Blood pressure just went through the roof, need a candy bar. But but 20 days, they're gonna go like a vapor. But can I tell you, church, you're divinely positioned for such a time as this. And if you wanna have the Christmas of all Christmases, you take the love that redeemed you Mm, and say so. They're gonna be all around you, man. Oh, you'll pick the longest line. You will. I promise you. (laughs) Set up by God. I'm speaking it to you right now. You're gonna pick it. And the first thing that's gonna happen, you're gonna get, oh, you're gonna get mad as a July rattlesnake, all right? But don't strike. Look, 
You ain't moving the line. Matter you get, don't move lines. More frustrated you get, never hurried anybody. If you get frustrated behind me, I'm gonna go slower. I'm just gonna go ahead and tell you. <laughs> but as you wait, you look. You look. You watch. And there's somebody, when God called a timeout in your life, that he wants you to see. And I want you to let the love and the goodness of God come up in you. And for the first time in your life, you'll be just like these, you'll be just like the shepherds. The angel will speak to you through the Holy Spirit. And he will say, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Go say so. Go say so. Go take that love. Love them. And you'll be scared. And you'll hear him say in Luke 2, oh, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I bring you good news, great joy. For today, born in the town of David, a Savior has been born. He is Christ Jesus, the Lord. You go in that. And you'll have the greatest Christmas you've ever had in your life. Greatest Christmas you ever had. His love is too good to keep in here. His love is too good to keep in here, church. We got to go out there. We're commanded to go out there. It's not a choice. It's a commandment. Because he first loved us, we must love one another. I'm going to invite you to stay in church. Short and sweet. He said, now that you can do that, preacher, let's do that each week. <laughs> we'll think about that. All right? Let me say this to you. The atmosphere in here has been sweet. Been a little bit of heaven. For many of us, we needed to stop today. Been busy. Five days of December, we don't even know how we got here. He slowed you down. And can I say something to you? He said your name. You know he said your name today. You know why? Because he said my name. And he captivated me with his love today. When I watched a bar guy testify about his goodness. It's the kind of church this is, my friend. There's many more bar guys out there. Many more racing guys out there. He said your name. He said something to you today. Here's my prayer today. When the Holy Spirit speaks and he says your name, he wants a response. He's worthy of a response. Let me say that. And here's what's so cool about God. If you'll respond, <laughs> he will bless your socks off. Because on the other side of obedience is always blessing. So don't be afraid to respond. Because I bring you good news. A Savior named Jesus loves you, man. He does. So if you're running, stop running. If you need to come home and command your troops, come home and command your troops. If you need to love better, then love better. Let me pray for you. We're going to worship, and then we're going to respond. Amen. Father, we love you.
your Holy Spirit has spoken. Mm. You're so good, God. You're so good. And my prayer is, God, that you would hug the church this morning and remind them of your great love and then push them out there into a world so that they can say so to a world in desperate need to know his love. So God, the altar's open. For many of us, we need to come here. Let you captivate our heart, walk out different than we walked in. So Holy Spirit, move now as we worship for your glory and your glory alone. In Christ's name, amen, amen. You come if you need to come. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the church at Bushland. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on Facebook and Instagram by using the church at Bushland and on Twitter by using at TCA Bushland.